Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. Batten down the hatches, according to the uh, weather people. Storm Callum on the way overnight, and especially it looks like here in the northeast tomorrow morning. Now, this is ironic, isn't it? The second big storm of the autumn, winter, uh, 2018-19, happening very, very quickly. And I'm sure you're aware the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change issued its latest report a couple of days ago. And its findings are alarming, to to, uh, say the least. Planet Earth is headed for catastrophe, not in the distant future, but you know this, in our lifetimes, unless action is taken immediately. Father Sean McDonough, Columban priest based in Meath, is an ecologist who, since the 1980s, has been calling out successive Irish and other governments around the world to wake up to the destruction their policies are aiding and abetting. Earlier today, I nabbed Father Sean and began by asking him if the panel's findings were surprising. Not at all. This is the sixth intergovernmental panel on climate change. The first one started in 1988. So this one... I am a bit surprised that we have so little time. Uh, basically, if we keep what we're doing, do, doing it for the next 10 to 15 years, then we have locked into the future of our planet more than a 1.5 increase above industrial time. So this is appalling. And, of course, we in Ireland are one of the worst countries in the world. Uh, last year, our greenhouse gas emissions went up by 1 million tonnes. So the day after the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change happened, not a thing was done in the budget uh, to increase the, uh, the cost of carbon. And last night uh, on television, when the teacher was asked, he didn't even answer the question, nor did Pasco Donahue this morning. It just shows you they don't have a, a clue of what's going on, and, and they don't really care, and which is awful. And they're not alone, Sean, in this world, because there you have Trump in America, who says uh, global warming is a, a facet of the imagination. There's no such thing. Well, the reality, American scientists were there at the IPCC in, in Korea for the last two weeks. Uh, and so were scientists actually also from Saudi Arabia. But the reality is they've come through. This is, they are 95% sure this is happening. And they're also sure that within, if we continue like this for the next 10 years, we will have locked in more than the 1.5 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial times. That will be saying to every future person, that we have changed the climate uh, for them uh, in, in the next couple of hundred years. They talk about Brexit and having the budget. Climate change is a much more serious issue than Brexit, and they don't seem to have gotten, gotten that. And the Minister for the Environment comes out and says, we have a 20 billion fund to deal with climate change. He doesn't tell us what the time scale is. He doesn't tell us what the budget is. Again, Pasco who was on the radio this morning saying, well, we have other issues on climate change. He didn't tell us what they are. Mm. But there are three areas we need to deal with. We need to deal with agriculture, we need to, to, to deal with transport, and we deal, need, need to deal with, our, with the home and the internal env- environment. 
And neither of these are we doing in any substantial way. So we should be ashamed of ourselves. So even though we're a tiny island on the periphery of Europe, we are impacting on the global climate in this little land of ours. We're five million, million people here. We emit the same amount of greenhouse gases as the 400 million poorest people on Earth. So that's what we're doing. That puts Four, it in context, doesn't it? It is, exactly, yeah. Look, I'm a missionary. I, I saw I, the, the impact of climate change just two months ago on, on northern Luzon and the Philippines. I saw it four years ago in Haiyan, in, um, five years ago uh, in the Visayas. So, yes, what we are doing is impacting on the many, many people who did nothing to cause it, by the way. That's the great tragedy, uh, the moral tragedy of, of climate change, that people who did least to cause it are actually suffering most. But basically, the, the, the budget was a disaster in terms of taking anywhere serious. What we know from science, I mean, intergovernmental panel on climate change, scientists from the government actually approve of that. It's not just scientists, and, and there's about 800 scientists involved in this. So it, it is an extraordinary, uh, it comes out about every six years. As, as you, you asked me, was I surprised? I was a little bit surprised that they came out that nothing above 1.5 degrees Celsius would be anywhere helpful and could do enormous, enormous damage. They're talking about a figure, Sean, of 1.5 degrees. If we can't contain this uh, to the mid-century here, the reality for Ireland is that parts of this country, they say, will be submerged by the sea. But fundamentally, you, you might get uh, 1 metre, 1.5 metres increase. So uh, towns like Dublin, Waterford, uh, Cork, of course, and Garwin, they, they will be... But think of Bangladesh, where one-third of the country is just a metre above sea level. And there's 125 million people in Bangladesh. So let's put that in, in context. The reality is we should be doing it anywhere. Like in, in, in every town, in every community here, we should be working on making sure that we're no, no longer burning fossil fuel, for example, for heating in our homes. The technology is there, by the way. This is the awful thing about it. The technology on solar are there. Individuals cannot do it because it would cost 40 or 50,000. But this is the place where the government should put in serious support at the moment and by the way we will be fined in 2021 we will be fined 300 or 400 million uh, euros by the um, the eu because we are the second worst country in europe the, the worst country in europe is a country that sells fossil fuel which is poland so we have nothing to be to, to, to think to be grateful for in this budget it's, it's an appalling appalling budget so you believe that the government should lead it for the home situation and they should drive that. What about agriculture? Well, sure. I mean, they're the ones who said, Chagas said uh, in 2015, now let's go for the, 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 the huge market for, for milk over in, in China. And so we should go and increase our market there. We're finding this year, ask the farmers about how much of their, of, of their father have they used already. Uh, will, will, they be, will they have enough fodder for, for the cows if we got a hard winter? And by the way, they will not be able this time to, in, to import it from France because they were equally badly hit as, as well as we are. So, in other words, what, what we have done in, in, in agriculture is it's, it's really foolish at this moment. So would you and change the focus of agriculture away from meat and milk production? We have to. Eventually we will have to, yeah. So you're talking about becoming a crop-based industry? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Sean, to come to your third point there, it was transport, was it, you mentioned? Yes, exactly. 
What do you do on transport to make change? Again, the, the technology is beginning to be in place and electric cars and things like that. But we must give it, support it in all the way we can. There's no point in just talking about it if you don't walk the walk as well. And we know it's going down that direction. Are we willing now to take the decisions, difficult decisions that there will be, so we go begin to go down and do say, by next year we're going to have 10% of, the, of our transport, electric transport, but by... by uh, by 2030, we're, we're going to have it up to 40%. Because, by the way, we have made a commitment that by 2050, we will have decarbonized our economy. So that gives us 33 years. But what we're finding in, in, in Leinster House is those commitments were made by governments two governments ago. They had, they'll all be dead by 2050. So we're making those kind of commitments, but we're not putting in place the reality that will make that possible. So we're saying one thing and doing the very opposite, which is which is appalling. Do you believe these weather systems that we are seeing now in Ireland, these storms that are coming and the wild swings in weather conditions? We've had a ferociously hot summer, which was welcomed by an awful lot of people. Are they linked into the whole climate change? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. Extreme, extreme weather. Now they're not completely causing it, but they are linked into it. And that's, and that's actually one of the, one of the things that's, that's talked about in this ICC report. And, and, and that will continue, and it will actually get worse. But we will be, because we're a temperate zone, we will not be the worst hit by this at all. I mean, people like places like Bangladesh, there will be islands in the, in the Pacific that, that probably will go under if you get a two-metre two rise in ocean levels by the, by the end of the century. Really, we should have a real focus on climate change and set limits or set targets every single year. By next year, we'll have this. The following year, and we'll have these budgets to support them. Not be saying, oh, well, we have a lot of money put abroad. That, that's exactly what the minister is saying. We have 20 billion. He's not telling us when he's going to use it, uh, what, what, what programs has he, any, any time scale. So, so these things, it's a mantra that means nothing. You can see I'm pretty annoyed by the whole thing. I mean, it's... It's uh, it, it's very sad for me. Yeah, and, and I can understand why, Sean. I've spoken to you over the years about this, and I'm a great admirer of yours, and you've tried to br- bring this into focus time and again. Do you think this will? No, I don't think so. I mean, the Intergovernment pa- Panel on Climate Change should have brought it in the other day. I mean, it was worse. I've been writing on climate change since 1980, and I read every one of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and it came out in 1988, this one actually has spooked me because the time is short, so short. We have 12 years to bring down our, our carbon emissions rather than putting them up. We, were, we went up again last year by one million tonnes. The only country in Europe apart from Poland. And we had our, our Taoiseach last year in the Union Park. So we were laggard. But last night he, he, he didn't answer the question. So finally, uh, before we finish on, what do you call on our government to do today practically in the short to medium term? Look at each one of those issues in terms of climate change, agriculture, transport and the built environment, and come up with some policy. We'll improve it by 3% this year, and we put so much money behind that, or 5%. Something that, that they can be held responsible for. And that can be measured and that progresses year on year. That, that's right. Sean, thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch this afternoon. I wish you well and keep up the great work and never, never stop speaking on this. <laughs> thank you very much. God bless you. Not fake news, folks. Not fake news at all. We hear about it all the time. It's reality and it's in our lifetimes, people listening today. It's coming down the tracks at 100 miles an hour. We must do something, governmentally, 
But you and I listening today, we can do as well. We can make the difference and really we should. Take note because the time is short. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. Who will lift the Keegan Cup on Sunday? There's just two of them left. The final, Park Talton, Summerhill up against St. Peter's Dunboyne. And Sinead on the mid-morning was tipping in and out of the Summerhill scenario on the Summerhill camp ahead of the big final on Sunday. And we're continuing our focus on the Mead Championship here on Late Lunch. Ford's Superstore, Muller Kilcock. It's all happening there at the moment. And it is Summerhill in focus. And we're heading over there now to our man, Brendan Cummins. Thank you very much, Jerry, and you're very welcome to Ford's Superstore here in Muller Kilcock, where the build-up to Sunday's county final between Summerhill and uh, St Peter's Dunboyne is continuing. And, of course, we're uh, in the Summerhill camp really here, although Martin Ford himself of Ford Superstore, he's, uh, he's a foot in both camps, really. But one man with his feet definitely in the Summerhill camp, he joins me now, and that's Colm Gannon. Uh, Colm, of course, well-known to Gales in Mead, uh, former Summerhill player, of course, and well-known as a fish. And as an official of Mead County Board as well. Colin, great to have you here with us and also great for you and Summerhill people to be looking forward to Sunday's final. Yes, Brendan, it's great to be back in a final again after last year and uh, Summerhill, I think, have a great chance this year. I think the team is stronger but they'll have to bring their A game because Dunboyne are unbeaten all year. They're the farm team and they're the team to beat. And, of course, there would be a little suspicion that uh, Summerhill didn't bring their A game to last year's final against Simonstown. Yeah, the, you know, there was a lot of fellas froze on the day, and that can happen in a final. Uh, this year, they have the benefit of being there last year, and they know what it's like to lose. So now they have to learn what it's like to win. Well, you, you have the experience of playing in county finals with Summerhill. Um, what's your advice to players? Some of them, as you say, last year, they just might have frozen a little bit, might have been a little bit nervous and didn't give of their best. So what's your advice in those circumstances? Well, look, at any fella that's not nervous going into a final is really not focused. But once you hit the field, kick the ball and the whistle blows, you have to really concentrate on the game then. And I, I've no doubt lads will you know, get get stuck in then and go for for the juggler and go for the game. Well, looking back, Colm, you were part of that uh, great team of the 1970s, uh, the team that has, of course, uh, led the way for Summerhill. They've left the legacy, if you like, and uh, it's it's uh, they have been an inspiration to Summerhill teams that have followed them. They have, Brendan, but I've said in the past, you know, I, I prefer to leave that era behind. We've a uh, team at the moment they've won a lot of underage they won five under 21 titles uh, over a number of years and this is the the bedrock now for the current team so i i'm fairly confident we have a good young blend of players there some uh, experienced players and uh, they have a great chance 
Well, the chairman, Pat Jennings, was telling us a little bit earlier on today about the community involvement and the underage involvement as well, the underage work, the work at the underage level. That really is huge as well. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the point I'm making, that underage, there's phenomenal work that's been done there over the years, back, Mick Lyons, Parik, John, uh, all the Mark O'Reilly, and, you know, all them lads, Matty did it in years back as well. So all them lads have contributed, and they can take a bow for what's going out on the field on Sunday. Well, county final day, always a special day for Gales. Like, like yourself, uh, you had a tremendous involvement in it for years. It's a very special day. It is a special day. I was involved both on the field and in the official capacity over as treasurer, you know, and it, there's a great buzz on county final day. Uh, you'd like to have it every week, but unfortunately it only can be one day. And uh, just fingers crossed that the weather keeps right and that it'll be a, a good game as well. Yeah, hopefully the weather and they'll get the bad weather out of the way and uh, that Summerhill have got the bad game out of the way at the start of the year and they'll fire on all cylinders and bring home the silverware on Sunday. Colm, great to have you out with us here today in Ford Superstore and I hope you enjoyed the weekend and enjoyed the build-up to the game and enjoy the aftermath of it as well. Thank you very much indeed for joining us and with that, it's back to you in the studio, Jerry. We'll be back a little bit later on with more from Ford Superstore, Mullet Kilcock. Thanks very much, uh, Brendan Cummins there. Great to hear you again, Brendan. And uh, we will be returning uh, to Fords and uh, the build-up to the Mead Senior Final. Focusing today on Summerhill. Remember, Saturday will be Dunboyne's Day in the Sun here on LMFM Radio. We'll hear all about that over the weekend. And the final, of course, live here on LMFM, exclusively on Sunday from Park Talton. I was down the dumps on Sunday. I really was. Uh, When I heard the news, she wasn't coming. We're all built up for it. Kylie, Sunday night. And then nothing. I tweeted her. I said, get well soon. Love you loads. Oh, today, am I over the moon? She's coming and coming before Christmas. The 3rd of December, Kylie Minogue in the Three Arena. I can't, can't wait. And you know, I always believed, I always believed she'd be here before Christmas. Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. 
competition time on late lunch. Answers to 086-1800-658. That's WhatsApp or text. You know by this stage, the fantastic new Amy Huberman Bourbon Footwear Autumn Winter Collection is now on sale. And you'll find the full collection in premium footwear stores nationwide or online at bourbonfootwear.com. And to celebrate the new range, Amy and the crew at Bourbon have given us a voucher for any style from the bourbonfootwear.com collection to give away every day this week on Late Lunch. So we have a giveaway again today. Here's the question. Amy was a cast member of The Clinic from 2003 to 2009. People will remember it well, I'm sure, on RTE. What character did she play? What was her character in The Clinic, the part Amy Huberman played? Answers to 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text, and the best of luck to you with that one there. Now, it was... One of a kind, the first of its kind outside of Dublin. What am I talking about? The Mead Women's Refuge when it opened in 1987. It's quite a while ago and an awful lot of women and families have been assisted by the great work that goes on there. And we're going to talk about it for the next while on Late Lunch today because it's over 30 years ago. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show a lady who's been there from the very start and she's the manager now. Deirdre Murphy, good to see you on Late Lunch. Hello, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Not at all. You're very welcome to the show. We've been waiting for a while to get you, but I'm <laughs> delighted you're here with us this afternoon. I know you're a busy lady. What do you remember, you know, all those years ago when the doors opened? Um, I was very nervous and excited because I felt, I always felt women's position in society was much lower than men's. And I, I was very, um, I suppose, confused as growing up, you know, why was this? And when we opened um, the refuge, um, I was thinking to myself, this is brilliant. This is really good. Now we can support women. Um, my own experience in the past was I had a friend that you know had been abused and I was very young. And I remember her mother coming to me and telling me about it. And I was saying, what can I do? I, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. And um, when I had an opportunity to to be part of the the refuge I was actually thrilled that I could contribute Mm -hmm. and my my main aim was to always put women and children at the centre you know and to support them and be there for them and um, and that will always be my aim. It was yeah. a wildly different world. You know, Absolutely. even in what you were starting out on, how you could get in touch with people, people in touch with you. We had none of the, the newfangled stuff we have today. No, we certainly hadn't got social media, Facebook or uh, mobile phones. Or You know, in our building, we had a payphone, you know, and the women had to use a payphone. Now they have their phones and children have phones and, mm. and social media is, you know, has much more of an impact on us now and but it's in it's good because we know more yeah we are aware as a society we know more and as a society we have responsibility you know to make sure that we we support women support families and speak out mm. speak out when when we don't see that justice. was the point i was getting at and you've yeah. answered it that today yeah. with what we have it's a big assist in, yes. in the work that you do we're saying yeah. that and that that's a good positive uh, part of social media. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about the ills of it, but this is a great mm. part of it. Look, when you opened the doors, you got the building from St. Vincent de Paul there yes. in Flower Hill. Yes, we are building. Still, we still are today, is it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And it was just that we had, it's actually, it, it was an old school, um, Church of Ireland school with the schoolmaster's house. And we got this three bedroom schoolmaster's house at that time, 1987. So it was really um, a, a small step, but a major step. You know, yes. it was a you know a small building, but um, you know, and now we have the full building 
um, the the whole premises itself, and we uh, have that. We're still there. We've just expanded different areas, and um, mm. you know, it's it's a much bigger building. It's a bit of, it's a bit awkward the building itself, you know, yeah. and it's communal living, which is a difficulty. You know, if you if you have to leave your home, you're in crisis. I know you don't mind where you go, but really, you know, for your dignity and respect, and that, you know, it would be better mm. if we had. Um, Units, yes. you know, individual apartments, you know, mm. so that people can have their own privacy. So that's something you're looking to put in place. And we're yeah. going to talk about that later on. But yeah. at the moment, it is communal and people, I, I take it, women and their children are grateful to get out of a situation yeah. that they yeah. find themselves in. And there is a positivity to commun- communal living as well, because, you know, the support that the women and children get from each other. You know, they're not locked away in their own room, you know, so it is, it, there is, it has its ups and downs, but, you know, for the most part, we've managed it, you mm. know. And um, general, and in general over the years, it's women come to you, it is, of course, a women's refuge, yep. but the children come with, with the mother. Or yes. That, yeah, that, that yeah. is the way it works. Yeah. yeah. Over the years, when, when you've encountered all these cases, is there a common thread with the men who perpetrate abuse on women? Well, to me, I mean, any form of abuse is about power, power and control, you know. Um, and for women, you know, they they don't have the control if they're if they're not working, and you know they're dependent and they want to keep the peace, and you know. So if there's a ca- a common thread, I would just think that it's control, you know. Mm. Um, and where there's no control, you know, it, like relationships should be about working together. Yeah. Not one person up and the other person down, mm. you know. So it's so control, control is the key factor in your opinion. Yeah, in your I, experience I would over feel, the yeah, years. Yeah, mm. I'm sure you find yourself in the midst of awful situations. I have, yeah, and you, you know, it's 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 very difficult, particularly when my children were younger, and you're seeing children coming in at that age, and you 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 go home and your you know your children are safe, and you want these children to say to be safe and I remember my husband saying to me years ago I couldn't sleep and he said to me Deirdre you need to give that up if you can't if it's affecting you that much you know so I needed to do work on myself and prioritise you know what I needed to prioritise and do my best while I was there So you you needed to look after yourself because I suppose we talk about this we're like sponges aren't we as human beings And, and you had to squeeze that sponge Yes you do and you have to make sure that you if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Yes. And I try and tell women, if they don't take care of themselves, how can they take care of everybody else? Because people are taking, you know, everyone is taking bits from them, but they need to be, you know, mind themselves as well, you know. Mm. So as workers, we need to do it. And as the women that come into us need to to do that as well. So explain to me uh, the nuts and bolts of this. A situation arises in a home, a woman says... I have to leave here. They contact you. Yeah. You, within your capability, can accommodate them in that communal setup for yes. a time, yes? Yeah, I mean, it just, it just depends on, you know, the the circumstances. So if a woman rings us, and most of our referrals are, you know, self-referrals. So if a woman contacts us and we can help her and she wants to come into refuge and we, we can provide that uh, for her, we look at um, all aspects. We do a care plan. So we sit down with the woman see what our needs are, see what direction she goes, look at the options, uh, look at the children because they need to continue in school, mm. they, you know. So all of those practical things have to be put in place and then we need to give her the space to make the decisions that she needs mm. to make 
And um, so we just support her in those decisions and, uh, you know, and, and continue to support them when they leave uh, or if they just ring for advice. So it's about, it's like any crisis. We've all gone through to crisis in our lives, but we need a bit of support someone to talk to and sometimes people don't have that. Yes. So you, know? you deal with women who necessarily don't ever come to your uh, premises looking for refuge, refuge that you yes, can work yeah. on that basis as well with yeah, them to we try have, and help them. Absolutely. Last year we had uh, I think it was 300, over 370 I think it was 375 women yeah. that didn't need refuge okay. but they needed support. That's a lot of women from mm. County Mead. It's massive when you, know? when you put that number. Yeah. And the other thing is when they come to you, if they make that decision to leave the home and come to you to refuge, yeah. is that generally the end of them ever living at home? Or do some go back and does, you know, um, peace break out? Yeah, well, it just depends on the circumstances because, you know, some women might want to, maybe the abuse is so bad that they mm. just want to leave. You mm. know, some women leave leave once and never go back. And and would that be the majority? Uh no, it just depends on the circumstances. Okay. Like maybe a third of them might go back or, mo- you know, or uh, I don't actually have the figures yes. exactly yes. who goes back. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, nobody wants to break their homes up. They want to mm. try. They want to work it out, you know, and, and seek how they can work it out. Um, the women are using the courts. I mean, we 279 women, uh, I think it was last year, that that actually went into court. So they had to actually go, go legal into, and, yes. and formalise this yes, to and the court. for safety. Yeah. Oh my God, that, and, well you talk about numbers, that's a high number that is a high, in the county of Meath as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, but it shows us that women want to do it. Yeah. They want to take the steps. They want the, the legal system to assist them. I'm more well. standing up now and saying no more of this. I'm not accepting the circumstances yeah. I'm living in here compared to when you started. Well, I suppose the, the 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 culture years ago was you made your bed, you sleep in yes. it, you know, and um, that's changed. The, that's changed. You know, women know that they can, and even families. We would have members of the family ringing and say, "Well, what can my daughter do? What can my sister do? How can we help?" Um, and you know, so it's it's there's just more aware awareness out there, and we can deal. You know, support a woman wherever she's at. Yeah, that's she really, may want to go back, or she may want to stay, or she yeah. may want to just look at her options. And she may want to, you know, for most of the time, they, she'd want to have the best outcome for herself and her children. Before we move on, I want to just come back to you about the modus operandi of the centre. Is there a time limit on a woman if she comes to you, say, with her children? Does she have to move out? And uh, no, what we try and do is um, look at the options that she has. And if she needs to go to court, if she's not safe, she needs to, you know, uh, her initial uh, order will be a protection order, which lasts for a couple of weeks. And then she'll have to go in for a full order. So if, if that might be two months down the road, we'd, if she's not going to be safe, she stays, she would stay with us. Um, we don't the, put a, a time limit. We look at the options for the woman mm. and what her what she wants to do. Some women want to come in and get out, get a protection order and go home. And other women want to come in, make sure everything is safe, make sure everything is done, for, you know, and then go home. And then other women just want to never go back. Mm. They were looking for housing. So it depends, to, you know, for alternative accommodation for women, it's very, very difficult. So they're spending longer periods 
because of the pressure of the housing. I was just going to say that, like we're hearing about, you know, renting and the lack of social housing. That must really put huge pressure on yourselves as well. Is it becoming nearly impossible to secure alternative accommodation for women and children if you need it? It is really. I mean, we with it takes so much longer to to get accommodation, and you're not going to get it local. Mm-hmm. You have to move further and further away. You know, which means another upset with schools or traveling long distances to schools. You know, so it is very very difficult. You know, for uh, for women to look at even coming into refuge when they know. All of this is ahead of them, you know. Just to context the change again, how many women and children would you have at one time, you know, that you're looking after? Well, you know, within within the the refuge refuge, itself. In last year, 2017, we had 32 women and 60 children. Across the year? Yeah, in the refuge. Okay. Now, if you compare that to, you know, the early years when you started, what were the numbers there? Well, we would have probably had... um, 80 to women and probably 110, 120 children. Because so those numbers have come down. The f- number of children have come down yeah. and women are using, you know, the, the outreach support as well. Yes. You know, rather than coming into and refuge as well. May I say it's, it's a societal thing as well, you know, that yep. that has changed massively. You know, this is totally unacceptable that anyone would treat another human being or your wife or your partner like this today. Yeah, and the pair- Do you feel that has changed? Um, I, I feel that... Um, you know, if somebody is going to be abusive, they'll be abusive. It doesn't matter when it is. Okay. But I, I feel that more people are aware of it and more people are challenging. Mm. You know, we've we've had a lot of advertisements on what would you do, you know, uh, on TV and radio. Yes. And, and um, for people, it's, it, it's knowing what to do or how can I support. Sometimes not do, you know, just to be there is is um, most important for women, you know, to, yeah. when they're in a, when you're in a crisis situation. It's generally younger women or women with families. But the, the, as the years go on, you, you have, you've been dealing with older women as well, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, we've had older women going into court. We've had women in their 60s, 70s, 80s going into 80s. court. Yes, having to go into court for um, orders, you know, against their their children. You know, if being abused by uh, by, by a child of yeah. that, yes, and we're seeing more el- of that, an elderly yeah. parent of yeah. that, and we're seeing more okay, of that. Okay, so you do that as well, born, yes. Yeah, yeah. Important to say that yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's that's something that's sort of newer from when you started. It would be, and we see in, in in much, we've seen now over the last year or two the increase in the number of women having to take out, uh, orders against their, against their children, mm. against their sons. So, so a, yeah. shi- a shift there for sure. Yeah. How do you? keep going how do you operate how, where does your funding come from well we our main our core funding comes um, from TUSA and uh, we get some funding from the, the Victims of Crime through uh, Department of Justice COSC and we the rest we have to fundraise which is really important and unfortunately 31 years later we're still fundraising you know and um, it's, it's a major part of what we do unfortunately we shouldn't have to fundraise but we do and people are aware that we're there and we don't want to be, you know, putting pressure. There's so many other organisations, but yeah. we have a few fundraising uh, events that we carry, that we hold across the, the years. So mm. And you have a charity them. shop, haven't you? As we well? have a charity shop, yes, Savvy Chic. And uh, we have the premises from Michael and Tara Gavigan, the central hotel, the central bar in Navan, and they gave us the premises for free. Well done you. Yeah, he is just they're just fantastic mm, well people. Done. There's lots of very very good people yeah. in 
uh, that support us. And your volunteers. Your volunteers. And our volunteers. Yeah, that work, yet, work well. in what the shop. About 18 of those across yes, yeah, between our board well. and mm. our, our shop. You couldn't yeah. operate without these people. Yeah. What's happening on the 4th of November? You just wanted to mention when you were here with me today. Yeah, on the 4th of November, we're having a, a, a big event, a fundraising event in the Headford Arms in Kells. And it's a, a dinner dance. So it's the first time we've ever run this. So we're looking for everyone's support. Um, the funding that we raise will go towards our new building. And um, we're hoping to have a number of guests. We're just confirming them um uh, within the next couple of weeks, so we're looking forward for people to support. Okay, and take and, the and table and yes, and yep. we'll we'll give that a good shout yep. out for you here on LMFM yep. on the run into it as well. Fourth uh, of November, Headford Arms, great people over there. They look after you so well. Yeah. Um, how soon or realistic is a new premises for you with separate individual units? I think between the next two to three years, we we will get that because I know that we will. I know we've enough people supporting us. I know. That we are all determined to do it, mm. you know, and uh, I, 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 I can see it. Yes. What about you know women who you look after or have looked after over the years? They don't go back home. They stay with you for a time. You sort them out, and they move independently with their children to live what we might yeah. term a new life, free from the abuse and mm-hmm. everything that went on. Do they come back to you? Do you hear back from them? Oh yes, we do. We do follow up with the women. We do programs for the children. We have a it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Support group for the women. We also have a program for the women themselves that we run once a year. It's called Changing Patterns of Abuse and that's a 19-week program. We link in with other organisations and um, as well and use their programmes and refer women to them. But also this year we're uh, doing some play therapy. We've run ran a, a programme which was really, really successful um, during the summer and we're going to run that now from the uh, 10th of November for seven to nine-year-olds and uh you know, it's the self-esteem and the skills that children learn at the at the play therapy will help them 
right through into adulthood. Yeah, because they have to know. cope with a major trauma in their Absolutely. lives when something like this happened. Yeah. And they may have lived for it, with it for a time and then they have to go a new route. One thing crossed my mind there, um, you, you know when a woman leaves and, and then goes elsewhere, there's still the issue of her name being on the deeds of the home. You know what I mean? The original yeah. home and a mortgage there. Is that an issue for women? That has been a, a, a big issue for, for women when they leave. There's a mortgage and can they go back home? Will they be able to afford a home? Uh, you know, and it's, it's try, you know, it's, that's not, the solution is never going to come within a couple of weeks. So um, they have to go in before the courts, really, you know, to see how they're going to manage and do, so in some cases they have to sell their homes or, you know, mm. so... Um, what about the depends. court system and being in there and what you see and how it operates? Has that come on? Well, we, we have the new Domestic Violence Act, which came in, into effect yes. this year. Um, and it's a crime now. Domestic violence is, is a crime. So um, we have seen advances in the in the court systems and um, in the response to domestic violence. But I, I still feel that we should women shouldn't have to go in to court. I think if the guards are called and, you know, it's obvious to them, like in other countries, that um, in some other countries that they they take the case, you know, rather than the woman having to go in and, you know, because it's daunting going into court. You know, nobody wants to be before a judge. Mm. Nobody wants to be there. And it's, you know, even the building and all the, the pressure that's going on around you and you're wondering, where do I fit in here? You know, so... It's it's really daunting. Um, so I think there is improvements. There's a lot done, but we really have a lot. It could be a lot to, more. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're striving to do a lot more. And I want to mention again, 4th of November, dinner dance at the Headford Arms. They'd love to see you come along and support yes. that. We'll have more information about that anon. Your strap line says, don't suffer in silence. And I think that's the message we want to give today here on Late Lunch and I want to give out your contact details if you are affected by anything we're talking about today, if you're listening, if you're in County Mead and you feel you need help, don't hesitate 046 that's 046 24 answer, hour answer on that number there or if you want to email in confidence it's mwrefuge at aircom.net, that's mwrefuge at aircom.net. You've done a great job. You should be very proud. Well, thank you You've very much. No, it's, lot of people. it's not me. It's, you know, there's a whole team and mm. those brave women in the very beginning that, you know, said we need a refuge here and had evidence that we needed it and the community for support us and continues to support us and the brave women that came in yeah, took, the, took the chance. Must acknowledge yeah. them all today. Deirdre Murphy, manager of Mead Women's Refuge. 30 years and more on the go. Thank you. Well done to you and thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thank you, Jerry, for giving me the opportunity. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. Came across this lately and said I have to bring it to late lunch listeners. It's called Create the Great in You. I really like this. And the man whose idea it was is with me today in studio, Mark McCormick. And one of his sidekicks, because this is expanding now, is with him, Simon Ryan. Boys, you're both very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks very much, Jerry. Well, you better kick off, Mark, yourself and tell them what this is all about and where the concept came from. Okay. Thanks for having us on, Jerry. Uh, I suppose the concept came from myself. 
uh, and I suppose me inside of me and unraveling myself over the years that I wanted to I suppose I never was very good at communicating uh, and working I suppose on doors and nightclubs over the years and in taxis and whatnot and talking to people and listening to problems and been fairly effective with solutions I decided I need to go back to college and meet young people where they're at so I went back to DKIT and I studied social care work and I got a I graduated from there in 2015 with distinction let me say yeah, well, well a 2-1 thankfully yeah, yeah it's never really well I wanted to just get that in there <laughs> fair you. juice to you like it's a great qualification thanks uh, I, I did win the President's Award you for contribution well. to community in college and uh, yeah from that I've co-authored a paper with Dr Bernard de Breerton that's been represented in Milan and that was about the I suppose using mentoring as a resource for teachers and schools and, and communities across the board. Mentoring being the missing link was my suggestion. So I put together a research paper. At the time, Jerry, I was looking at, I suppose, focusing on young lads, specifically young lads from my own struggles growing up. And I put and, together... and your struggles growing up, what were your struggles? What were my struggles? I suppose really bad communication and drinking at 14 and doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing at that age. And, mm. you know, it, it's more it's even more common now. And I'm not saying it's accepted, but it's we, we have a normalisation culture. And I think we need to sort of introduce young people to better f- ways of communicating because most of the groups we work with, when we ask them the question, they, I'm not, they struggle. They're struggling with communicating. They think they're very effective under technology and whatnot. But when you break down the 5,000 likes, to, to would 5,000 people wave at you? No. And suddenly something happens within a room where they really start eye contact and communication starts from there. So... Yeah, but I suppose the the project it was about my research was done on. If I go back to this, Jerry, uh, it, it was sorry, I'm stuttering here. It was called mentoring males: a positive approach for young males to achieve success in education and life. Okay, and that looked at social change. It looked at one parent families. It looked at early school leavers, but it looked at the staggering effect cost the cost to the exchequer, which nobody's looking at, and I just think it's a disgrace. Twenty nine thousand three hundred. It cost the government to keep a child if they do not do their leave insert. But by if a child or young person does their leave insert, there can be an additional 70,000 lifetime value added to that child's life. And the way myself and Simon and the other mentors describe this to the kids is, or the young people is, today you can't afford your Hirachi runners or your vape cigarette or whatever you're at. That's the day, you know, that you might see 70,000, but in material over yeah. the years, you, you'll see it. And suddenly, again, it's these little nuggets of information. What we try to do just is plant seeds. So that's where really where it started uh, mm. was was with a research project where I was introduced to a uh, very very positive influence in my life was mentors you know yes. really really good people and it started from there and suddenly I started thinking wow this is amazing and everything else then followed people just you, you said something interesting there you know what I mean five thousand likes or followers of that would five people show up if you actually wanted them to show up tomorrow probably not and that's as true a statement as you will will say but for all the modern technology and all the smart stuff that we have when we do things like we are doing here face to face having a chat there's a big deficiency yes absolutely and yeah. that's what you're addressing but that part, part of, of it, it. Yeah. part There's of that, so many which leads to much other, many other things many in other life things, as well. Yeah. And bring in your uh, good friend here, Simon Ryan. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Tell me about you and who you are and how you got involved with this fella. Yeah, so I'm Simon Ryan. I grew up in Drada. I I've been like uh, in different. Um, I've 
I was in athletics and I do magic and I have a lot of things going on in my life. I like you if you do um, magic. I really, <laughs> I really like you already. Go on. Yeah. So I grew up in the town. I got to a point where I was struggling in the town. I wasn't getting really far. So I moved to Dublin. I spent a bit of time there going to college and I kind of came back again. I was struggling in life. I met Mark about 18 months ago and Mark was do, uh, has an initiative called Create the Great and New. 3C thinking, collaboration, communication, and creativity. Yes. And he was looking to bring me into schools and get me um, helping them with the workshops and, and uh, relating to kids today. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, I was a bit nervous of it. But since, since I started it and since it's going well, I've come on board with Mark and it's been going really well today. Okay. And, um, so you like what this fella's doing? and It's amazing. Actually, what Mark is doing is probably one of the most unique things in Ireland because this is not going on really. So we, as what we're doing here at the moment, this is not really happening. Like we're, People are not going into schools and doing much mentoring with kids or young mm. adults as such. Uh, but what Mark is doing, it's an unbelievable initiative. And for me to be a part of that, because I always wanted to go into schools and do PE teaching. As I said, I had my struggle struggles and so on. But um, growing up, I just didn't have the academia to be able to go into the colleges and all of that stuff and do that. Do so. you feel by extension that schools teach and it's all about points and academic achievement, yet this that you're focusing on is probably more... I, I know you have to get the points and it's a system we use, but you know what I'm saying? What you're doing is a huge part of, of life. Yeah. That's not taught. Yeah, specifics. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the three C's, you have three C's, communication, collaboration and creativity. So those three, talk to me about those, Mark, for a moment. Why are they so important? School is very important and, and that's what we inform the kids of. Because there are some kids who are saying, oh, I don't like school. Well, we look back at it, did any of us like school? Mm. But the reality of it is, and I'll show you if Homer wrote later on, it's the Willy Wonka ticket. You need the ticket to get you to the next stage of life. And that's what we're about. Is Our six-step programme is about getting young people to, I suppose, inform them that the education is a very important part. They mightn't see it now, but it's that 70,000 lifetime value by getting them through the Leaving Cert. And what we do is we introduce them to a better version of themselves, is what they tell us. It, I suppose it's... Emotional intelligence, self-awareness, confidence and resilience. That's what the kids have told us they got out of it. Okay. There are a lot of big words there, but mm. it's, it's it's spoken from themselves. So mm. it's 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 very good. But the, the idea of the 3C thinking is what we do is we introduce the young people to communication and we split them up into groups of everybody, anybody, somebody and nobody. And I mess around with them and toy with them to say, oh, the nobody, sure, I wouldn't want to be in that group. Because we all felt like a nobody at one point. But it's about empowering and bringing the group together and showing them that they're resilient, that we all can be somebody. And we have a little, it's about breaking labels, because if we stand in front of the wrong practitioner or the wrong doctor on any given day, we can be given, we could be given anything. You know, yes, it's yes. about young people critically thinking for themselves. So there's no smartphones involved here, none of that. It's just them and you fire them into scenarios where they're not comfortable. There were people they don't know. They have to... Open up as such. Yeah, and what we did yesterday, we had a really, really interesting conversation yesterday. Yesterday was Mental Health Day. And what we do is we talk to the young people about whatever they want to talk about. And yesterday they brought up mental health. So some young people don't want to speak out. So we get them to write it on a piece of paper and they then throw it into the middle of the floor. And we pick it out. So it's anonymous if they want it to be anonymous. They can put up the hand if they want. But they spoke about mental health and they spoke about struggles and we just listened. So it's refereeing. But if we feel we needed then to pass it on, 
we have the support of the school's guidance counsellor or yes. the career's guidance counsellor. So that's that's the important part of it. It's about being the missing link. We don't want anybody to be missed on the programmes. It's 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 the quiet person in the back. So what's the upshot? When, when you do this, Simon, tell me, you know, you've been involved with these groups and you see what's happening. It's confidence. Does confidence lift? Early on when we're doing these things, people, especially young girls or young guys, when we have them mixed together, they find it hard to come out of themselves. But when we when we get a group of girls, like 50 girls, like yesterday, very nervous early on, very like, these who are these two males coming into the classroom? But over, over the couple of weeks, you can start to see them light up and come out of themselves. And we'll early on, we'll go around to these girls or young fellas and ask them what do we like to do? What do they have in their lives? And most of them would say nothing because they're probably embarrassed to say if it's too embarrassing or whatever. But most of them then will start being creative and come up with new ideas and new things and start to tell you their likes and, and so on. So so that's already a So confidence up. is up. What about self-awareness? You know, this is a big thing, you know, to be aware of who you are, what you are. Yeah, yeah, that's most important. You know what I mean? Who you are, what you are. And I always, um, when I went into the groups early on with Mark, I always ended with my talk by saying fingerprint. We all have a fingerprint. We're all unique. We all have an individuality. Mm. And by using that and by being aware of that, yeah. And just taking who we have, not 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 by what we look like or who who what we're going to do or whatever. Just back to you, Mark. You've been involved with groups already, and the re- the reaction has been really really positive. They like what you do, and I ain't surprised. How are you going to take this on? Where do you want to go with this? Into schools, into clubs, where? It, it, it's the three. The, the idea of three C thinking is it's it's universal. It can actually go anywhere. It's we're looking to go into clubs, corporates, and communities, and we are. We we're in talks with a club from Newry, Newry City Athletic Football Club now at the minute. So about taking it in at a level of management, right down to the young people, because mm. it can go across the board. And yeah, so basically, schools, clubs, and corporations is is where we're looking to go. But into more schools, there's a lot of schools in Drogheda. I'm actually have a meeting in Ballymacenny now tomorrow. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can secure that next door to me there. I yeah. know it well. It's a fantastic new college there. So it is. But here's the thing. You mentioned about young men and the research you did, and we know it's five to one when it comes to young people taking their lives, boys against girls or men against women as well. Um, Emotional resilience, all that type of thing. Is that underpinning all this? Yeah. Or does this underpin it the other way around, you know? I suppose if you were to look at it, this is what I suppose approaches early intervention. It's it's all of that. Nothing of everything, if that makes sense. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's very hard to describe, but it, sorry, it's not very hard to describe. It's basically giving young people the opportunity to explore themselves and be a better version of themselves. Yes. Through teaching them interpersonal skills by telling them our life story about how mm. we struggled and then building relations. We build relations very quick with the young people, but we don't claim to be experts in anything, only our own stories and it's about then connecting them to people if that if they needed to go to a counsellor because there's kids in the background there that don't want to talk or they don't think they want to talk yes. but I didn't think I wanted to talk to a few years ago till suddenly I was introduced to this and now I'm meeting people and I'm in conversations with people like Simon and we're, it's about passion what we're talking to the kids about is air passion What's your passion? This yeah. is our passion to work and try and pull it out of out of young people. So if I met you a few years ago, you wouldn't be here with me able to talk eloquently like this, express, you know, what you'd come through. You've come out of yourself, have you really? 
Uh, uh, very much so. And I'm married with three kids now. <laughs> you certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to give back for them as well. Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. I understand, Mark. Back to you, Simon. Are you going to do a little trick for me? I can't. I you know, I, I'm an absolute, uh, <laughs> you know, gull for magic. Yeah, you said you like Keith Barry earlier Oh, on. he's one of my best mates, if I could say I that I learned now. one of my first tricks from Keith Barry, one of his DVDs about 15 years ago. And that's you? what got me going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was an ace trick. So I'm going to do something mind, uh, something for the mind, okay? And this is, you do this in a practical sense and create the great in you. Yeah, yes. I perform at corporate weddings, events, all yes. parties, whatever mm. it is. I have a website there now as well. So okay. that's been going well and Mark's helped me to get out there and yeah. it's been going well since then. So yeah, so this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do and I'm happy and I'm confident in it. So Yeah, yeah so absolutely. young people love this as well as totally, totally. a fogey like myself. Okay, what are you going to do? So what you're going to do is I have a deck of cards over here. Okay. okay. Now you can never you can never do a trick on the radio but I'm going to do a trick on yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're going to think of um, you're going to think of a card. Okay, I have a deck a card in here in the deck. Okay, and yeah. hopefully I can get this, but don't confuse me too much. We're going to go with the red cards or the black cards. Red. Don't, you sure? Yeah. Okay, red cards. Okay, you're going to go with the high cards or the low cards. Could be even the medium cards. I don't mind. Go in the middle. In the middle. So you're going red, yeah, and mm. you're either going diamonds or hearts. It's up yes. to you. Mm. Don't go home here today thinking that you should have went for this or for that. It's totally your well, choice. Well, I tell you what I've gone and for. And this wasn't a setup, okay? Okay, no okay. setup. This um, is genuine. Okay, I'm just genuine. doing this off the cuff. Okay. Well, I tell wh- you this what is the card that you went for in the end? Yeah. Just to tell you the yeah. suite and the card. Go for it. The Seven of Hearts. Unbelievable, because I left one card face down within the deck. Would that be crazy if that was your card? It'd be manic. Seven of Hearts. Yes. Now, let me see, because if I can show you from this angle, if I take the cards out okay. and I go through them, now, I'm not sure you can see. Can you I see can. There? Now, I can every see card clearly. is face up. Yeah? Face up. But can you see there's one face down card in the middle there's of the actually deck? actually is. And, your, one and Mark McCormick down. will confirm that, Mark. Mark yes. will just agree with you. There's yeah. one face down, there's yes. One. And what is the card you're thinking of? I said the seven of hearts. And is that your exact card? I'll oh, go out of that. How do you do <laughs> How do you do this we stuff? Can't tell I don't you. want to know. We can't because tell Simon, you. Simon, that's the beauty of that's it. That's amazing. I love magic. That's You're a good man. Thank you. So when you do that, like take youngsters that you work with and you do stuff like this. Yep. Do they get as excited as me? Well, me watching. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me watching Simon perform. It's it's not about. It, it's much more than the magic that Simon would 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 say. It's about the communication. It's about breaking the facade for the quiet mm. people at the back that mightn't come up to the front. The magic draws them in, and it's about then introducing them to communication, collaboration, and this is creativity at its very finest. And. The yeah. journey starts from there, really. Boys, I'll be back to you. I have to leave it there for today. I wanted to introduce this on air today. It's called Create the Great in You. If people want to find out more, how? Uh, mark at createthegreatinyou.com, please. Thank you. See you again, boys. Simon, thanks for that. Thank really, you I don't know how much. you did it. I You're brilliant. It. And Mark McCormick, thank you. thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. I met Doug Ellis twice in my lifetime, twice uh, when Drogheda United played Aston Villa when I was involved with the running of the club there and he was a very, very nice man indeed. I remember making a presentation to him on behalf of Drogheda and vice versa and uh, there you are, 94 years and he's passed away today. May he rest in peace. Now we're going back to uh, Ford's Superstore in Muller, Kilcock. Yes, Summerhill against St. Peter's Dunboyne. Keegan Cup final for the Mead Senior Football Championship on Sunday and we're focusing on Summerhill this afternoon. Brendan Cummins is standing by. 
Thank you, Jerry, and you're very welcome back to Ford Superstore in Mullach Kilcock, where our build-up to Sunday's county final uh, between Summerhill and Dunboyne is continuing. And with me now is a man who has experienced uh, the ups and downs, and mostly the ups, of course, of Summerhill's successes over the years. He was the captain when they won their second Keegan Cup back in 1975. It was the second as well of the four memorable, memorable four in a row. Donny Mooney uh, joins me now, and Donny, uh, I suppose, being part of that breakthrough and that. Uh, the first team to win the championship, senior championship for Summerhill. Uh, you were very involved in that breakthrough, really, because uh, only two years earlier you'd won the intermediate. Yeah, we'd won the intermediate, Brendan, but I suppose the seeds of that success would have been there from 1966 when we won a Junior A title. We were beaten then by Kells in the final proper, but the seeds of that and the prominence, I suppose, of Matty Kerrigan coming along at that stage was a huge help. And that coupled with the Gibbons brothers and they were, you know, that was really the, the great breakthrough on it. Probably I would trace it back from that junior team. Well, uh, uh, captain in 1975, 1975, that will always stand out among the older Gales and Mead perhaps as being arguably the best final of Simmer Hill against O'Mahony's. All, people always talk about it as being arguably the best final of the whole lot. Well, it was certainly a great one to play in and to win and to beat O'Mahony's, who were the, the kingpins, they were the Kerry of club football in Mead. Um, I have great memories of that match, not just being, by captain, being captain, but by beating O'Mahony's and getting the two in a row at the time. Well, Tony, uh, I suppose going back uh, to the, the, since the GA was founded in 1884, it did take Summerhill a long time uh, to become a force. It wasn't until that 1975, uh, 1974 breakthrough at senior level. But they, you know, they had humble origins, let's put it like that. Yeah, humble origins, I suppose, Brendan. The first mention of Summerhill was in 1895, unaffiliated, playing whatever matches were available. And then entered the championship and affiliated in 1905, played on Shockton and Senior, won the match but lost it on an objection and got to a semi senior semi-final around that period and then kind of disappeared for a while. Uh, there was three clubs in the parish at that stage. There was Dangan, oh, sorry, not Dangan, there was Summerhill, Aher and Gardise. And the next year there was no club, just disappeared. Um, after that then, you move on, I suppose, to 19... <coughs> 1931 when the win a junior which and brought brought to prominence Bill Shaw um, Bill would be grand great grandfather of, of Liam Shaw's and who's on the panel for Sunday's game yes. and it's it, the, he's the fourth of the Shaw's there was there was there was Bill John uh, Billy and now Liam and it's it's a great thread running through the club the, co- the continuity of us well, then the next success then was in the 1953 junior and a connection, a connection with Sunday's game as well there with that success in 1953. Yeah, and again, the thread is running through it with, with Paddy Daly and um, Tony McDonnell, our goalkeepers, his, his grandfather uh, there. And there's also a racing, I suppose, um, I don't know what would be the right word to use, but Joe Elliott, Gordon Elliott's grandfather, was also on, the, on that team. So the, the con- continuity continues on. Yeah, but in your days, when you started playing, Donny, um, uh, as I said, the club was coming from humble enough origins. You did mention Paddy Daly there has been a key figure in the club in those years back in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. or other other people that kept the club going and kept uh, their efforts were eventually rewarded with the breakthrough in the 70s. Yeah, well, it, it, I suppose the Fagan family would have, would have been a huge influence in the earlier times. And then Paddy Daly, who was certainly Mr. Football for as long, like when I started playing, 
saying we were a junior club and he would have been he was certainly Mr Football in the club he, he was a huge presence and influence to most of my generation and, and the four in a row then uh, the icing on the cake uh, first ever Leinster title in 77 again that was that was certainly something that we did not when we set out think we would achieve but once we got there we were equal to the task beating Vincent I suppose was, was the icing on the cake which included a lot of the, the great Dublin players of that period well, it's a, it's a, there's a certain, certainly, uh, uh, you'd have to say that I think Summerhill are the third longest team in the senior ranks now, behind Screen and Centralstown. That in itself, a pretty remarkable achievement since 1972 to be, at, to be contesting the senior championship. It's just, yeah, to remain, we went, we, we played our first senior match in the modern times in 73, and we beat, beat Slane in it, and I think we're the third, yeah, we are the third, third longest serving senior team. Your uh, opinion on Sunday's game, Donny, are you optimistic about it? I would, be, I would be optimistic. If Summerhill can play to their potential, we certainly should be there or thereabouts and I, I would expect us to get over the line at, at the end of it. Donny, the best of luck on Sunday. Thanks very much for joining us on the programme this afternoon. And uh, with that, we're going to hand you back to the studio. Our gre- greetings from uh, Ford Superstore here in Mullachilcock, where our build-up is continuing, of course, to Sunday's county final. With that, back to you, Jerry. Thank you very much, Brendan. And remember, on Saturday, it will be St. Peter's Dunboyne in focus here on LMFM Radio and the final live on Sunday afternoon from Park Talton. Daisy O'Callaghan was the name I was looking for. Amy Huberman played that part in the clinic. And the shoes today, the voucher for the shoes, going to Shauna Taggart. Well done to you. Shauna Taggart will be in touch. You're the winner this afternoon. Thank you for, to everybody who entered the competition. Final break of the afternoon on Late Lunch. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. Now, shocking sad news emanated from Liverpool back on April 25th. Sean Cox, a Liverpool fan, went to see his side play in the Champions League semi-final against Roma. He was assaulted and suffered serious head injuries. His family, friends, sporting and business associates have all come together to raise funds now for Sean's care. And a little bit earlier on today, I caught up with Fergus McNulty and he gave us a feel for what's happening. But first, I began by asking him how Sean was. So Sean has just moved last week to Dunleary, uh, to the rehabilitation centre in Dunleary. Um, obviously, he'd spent a, a few months in, in Beaumont after being transferred from Liverpool. Um, you know, Jerry, it, it, it's it's going to be a long road for him. Um, he, you know, is, is making what I would say are, are small steps. Um, you know, they're important steps, but they're small. Um, and I think it's it's going to it's going to take a, a long time before I guess we we understand what what uh, the potential of Sean's recovery will be. But you know, I think Dunleary is the right place for him at this point. So I think his his rehab can can kind of begin in earnest. Um, and really, that's where the focus is at this point. Now, when you say there, and it's quite obvious that this is going to take time, obviously there'll be a lot of care involved here, a lot of work with Sean as well, and that costs. Absolutely. Um, You know, I suppose the way that the system operates, um, you know, Dunleary will be a relatively short stint uh, in the recovery programme, you know, maybe 12 to 16 weeks, depending on, on how that's going. 
and then really it's it's a private process um so the reality is that 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 is going to require significant resource over you know what i would say is is many many years um and really that's that's uh, i suppose where where we're looking uh, as a as a community to see how we can best support Sean and and obviously Martina in just giving Sean the best chance uh, in that recovery so uh, but yes it's it's going to be a multi-year process um you know and and, and uh, it's going to require significant resource to to uh, to support that Fergus, I see there's a GoFundMe page called Support Sean, set up by St. Peter's Dunboyne, and the target there is half a million. But the figure, realistically, is a lot more. The reality is that such is the extent of, of what we believe will be required and the, the advice that we've been given, uh, that, that really an initial target of, of, of two million uh, is something that, that uh, the campaign is, is looking to try and achieve. Um, and obviously that that campaign you know can go on indefinitely, but that's that's really where where our our focus is is at. We, we have set up a campaign. It's it's not just St Peter's. We we've um, you know other representatives from from different parts of the community and and different parts of Sean's life have have come in to to kind of help get that campaign off the ground. Um, you know, and as part of that, uh, yes, there is a GoFundMe page. Um, uh, we're also organising a community run, so so really, I suppose it's just in the initial stages of getting that off the ground. Um, uh, and and you know, I, I suppose uh, the reality is that we we have lots of support from different parts of of, of the community to, to help organise and to help you know uh, get that campaign up and running. So today, uh, Fergus, what do you want to mention in particular about the fundraising that's coming up in the near future? You know, the campaign. Um, Will be supported and is being supported by, you know, general members of the, you know, members of the public that they've been contributing from from wide and far, and and uh, you know that that's that's a huge help, and also, you know, people are able to send in messages of solidarity to Sean. So, so I know that Martina is is definitely, uh, you know, drawing some comfort for that. But in support of that campaign, we'll be running a series of events, um, you know, uh, and and the first of those is is a is a, a fun run or a, a run for Sean. Uh, in Dunboyne uh, on the 29th of October, so that's Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, uh, at 11 a.m. And you know, essentially, yes, it's an event which which we think will 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 add or boost the the campaign. But also, I think importantly, it's a chance to to visibly show solidarity for Sean's plight uh, and also you know support for Sean's family in a very visible way. So, um, you know, we're 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 running that in in Dunboyne. Uh, it's about three and a half kilometres or thereabouts. Um, you know. Uh, we're encouraging as many as possible to, to turn up to that, um, you know, families, etc. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a great community event, but also, you know, wider than the community. I think it'll just give people a chance to, to participate in something in, in direct support of Sean. And I'm just thinking it's the day after the Dublin Marathon, so if anyone in the Marathon wanted a warm down run <laughs> a little easier, it'd be a nice uh, opportunity as well, Fergus. Absolutely. Well, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would I, to be honest with you. But this is the start of quite a number of fundraising events, the GoFundMe page associated with the GA Club as well. So there's a holistic approach from Sean's friends and his connections in life all coming together to raise this money to take care of him. Yeah, that, that that's correct, and and you know we we we'll, we we'll need to pace this out, and and uh, you know we're, we're at this point where. You know, we're just planning that in a, in a steady way. So, for example, I know that uh, Sean is, is obviously he's very involved in the electrical community, um, the electrical industry, and I know that they're very keen 
as as a group or as a community to to do something as as we uh, as we uh, probably head into the early part of 2019. You know, the, the GA have been very supportive, and obviously GA was was a big part of Sean's or is a big part of Sean's life, and you know, that's something that we're working away on in the background. And and um, you know, the idea is that at the right time that that uh, you know that we'll be able to run these events, uh, you know, in, in in a way which which will obviously boost the campaign. But also give, I think, um, you know, people an outlet to actually show their support, which I, which I think is is, is something that, um, you know, certainly we've been overwhelmed with the, the level of goodwill and the messages of support that that we receive. So so we think that it's it's a very useful way of actually uh, giving people that that opportunity to kind of engage with the, with the campaign. But also that campaign, you know, for example, only yesterday we we received a message from the Liverpool Supporters Club over in Arizona in Phoenix. Um, chap called George Brennan, and uh, you know they did their their uh, you know a little fundraiser, and um, they were able to kind of directly contribute to the campaign, and you know we so so that stuff really makes a difference, not not beyond the, the financial support, but just you know in terms of the the, the level of support and solidarity that um, uh, that you know just different parts of of, of the community that the extended community are able to show. It's brilliant, and the Liverpool family are a wonderful, close-knit family around the world, and I'm sure they'll be with you all the way, and they'll try to uh, support you in any way they can. Look, Fergus, thanks for joining me today. I just want to remind listeners, the GoFundMe page is called Support Sean, and the run we're talking about is the bank holiday weekend, the Monday, the 29th of October. Run for Sean in Dunboyne. And if people want to partake in that, just uh, tell us again, how do they get more information or take part? So um, th- there's a, a Facebook page called Support uh, Support Sean Cox. So so you know we post information up on that, so people are welcome to to access that. Um, the, the I suppose directly logging on to the uh, to register for the race, uh, <clears throat> people can come up uh, at ten o'clock on Monday morning and, and register directly. Alternatively, to register online, um, there's there's a, a link on our on our Facebook page which uh, people can access. So. It allows it allows people to actually uh, register online in advance of of, uh, of uh, the 29th. Fergus, best wishes with the run and everything else you're involved in. And just to say to you that here on LMFM Radio, if we could do anything for you at any stage to support you or help you with publicity, we're only too delighted to be part of this push to take care of the wonderful Sean Cox over the months and years ahead. That's great, Jerry. Much appreciated. Thank you. Fergus McNulty there speaking to me just before coming on air today and we do again with Sean and his family all the very best on the road ahead. Um, uh, several texts in uh, in relation to Sean McDonough's interview top of the show about climate change and the inactivity uh, of the Irish government and many other governments around the world supporting Sean. The priest is so right, Jerry, in what he says about climate change. People need to wake up very soon. And a number of other comments, uh, just don't have time to read them today, echo that sentiment as well. Thanks to all my guests on the show this afternoon. There is a storm on the way. There is a warning. Do take heed of it. Mind yourselves and do come back and join us for the final late lunch of the week tomorrow, Friday. We'll be on air here at half past one at usual. Have a nice evening. Take care of yourselves. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, proudly celebrating the arrival of the all-new Dacia Duster range. Launch event on from Thursday 11th to Saturday, October 13th. Call in today and see how affordable the all-new Duster is with special launch low APR finance. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.